What's going on, everybody? And welcome in to another edition of B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you. How's it going, everybody? It's been a minute, hasn't it? If you follow me on Twitter, friends with me on Facebook, anything like that, you are aware of the reason already. And if you listened to the last episode of the podcast, I did mention it at the end that there was going to be a bit of a hiatus because we were planning to go to the hospital last Wednesday evening and not leave there until we had us a baby. And that is exactly what happened finally at 2.03 a.m. on Friday morning. My wife, Emily, gave birth to our son, Gabriel Brendan Schaefer. We do a little middle name thing. My dad's name is Jeff. My middle name is Jeffrey. So the dad sort of passes down their name as the son's middle name. And I got a chance to do that on Friday. So it's been an amazing time in our house. It was a lot. It took a lot to get to that moment. And uh, we've gone through a lot since then uh, with my wife really just being put through the ringer. She had a fever. She was shaking. She had a really tough time. And eventually the doctor said, uh, let's go ahead and do a C-section, get this baby out. That was a scary moment. Waking up at 1 a.m., the nurse comes in and says, yep, it's time. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. It, it reminded me of the, uh, you see the gif a lot on Twitter. Uh, what's the guy's name? Steve Carell, Michael Scott from The Office. It's the gif where he runs out and says, oh, my God, it's happening. It's happening. Starts freaking out. That was me in that moment running around the uh, the room getting ready for the baby to arrive. But it did happen, and we spent a few extra days in the hospital with some of the complications that were going on. So uh, everybody's good and healthy and happy now back home. Finally got back home on Monday. This is Monday, Labor Day, as I record this. And I wanted to have a quick little podcast. This won't be like your typical B-Shape Daily podcast, but because I had been away for so long, I just wanted to drop in, tell everybody uh, the updates on how things are going, and let you know that uh, we'll hopefully be able to get back to a pretty regular schedule here this coming week. It's all going to depend on uh, how everything goes with the baby at home. That's a a new, a whole brave new world that neither of us, my wife or I, have experienced, but uh, we're excited about that. But I wanted to make sure everybody knew that, no, I didn't drop off the face of the planet. I've just been a little, uh, a little busy taking care of some things. But because of that, it means we missed some Cardinals baseball, obviously. And I got to be honest with you, I was watching where I could, when I could, from the hospital room over the weekend, Cardinals sweep of the Cubs. Don't have a lot of insight to offer on it because I wasn't paying that close uh, of attention. Obviously, really cool to see Albert on Sunday hit number 695. We'll talk about that in his chase for 700, of course, more in the weeks ahead. I think he's going to get there, guys. I really do. That was a, a really cool one, though, to see and to hear that Albert was taking swings in the cage down underneath the stadium and heard the radio broadcast, which they pipe in during games, and heard Rick Horton saying, just kind of commenting, oh, how cool would it be if Albert would do something special here in his last ever at-bat against the Cubs in his career. It's almost like Albert heard that and thought, oh, yeah, this this is going to be it. That's a special relationship, rivalry between the Cardinals and Cubs, and I've had a lot of big moments against this team in this ballpark, that kind of thing, and let's see if I can have one more. And that explained the smile that you saw when he was rounding the bases after hitting the home run. And not just from a you know sentimental standpoint, the 700 chase, nothing like that. It's also the fact that it won the Cardinals the game, 2-0 over the Cubs on Sunday. 
Good game pitched by Michaelis. I don't, like I said, I don't really think I'm going to go into much of the nitty-gritty. I'm not really going to talk much baseball, and this is just going to be a few minutes, not a normal podcast, which I'll make sure to specify in the, the label on the episode. But I just wanted to drop in, tell everybody what's going on, that uh, though there are challenges here at home and uh, sleep is, is something that I faintly remember what that's like, but uh, it's it's vague to me at this point in time, and I'll probably not know it again for a number of months. But that being said, I wanted to jump in here and just let you guys know things are going good, and uh, we are real excited. We did not know the gender of the baby until we had it. That was a surprise the entire way. So uh, to be in that that delivery room and to see them hold up this baby, and he was, you know, here's a, a confession that I have to make. When people say, oh, the baby, the baby's so cute. Oh, that's so great. Like, there are times where I've turned to my wife and gone, was it, was it so cute? I don't know. You know, you see a picture on social media and you go, oh, that's so great. But some, like, honestly, we can be honest about this. Not every baby's cute. Some babies are just, there's babies, you know, they look kind of alien-y and you're not so sure. Well, that's where I was when this, this baby Gabe came out. I'll call him Gabe for short. When they, when the doctors held this kid up and I go, oh boy, he might be a, he might be kind of one of those alien babies, isn't he? But it turns out he was just really gooey. And once they cleaned him off and everything, put him over in the warmer the warming area, I got a, I got a real good look at him and I go, Oh no, we're good here. Very cute baby. So we were excited about that. Uh, the other thing that was funny is babies, they come out with like a cone shaped head. And I thought, Oh boy, that's put a hat on this kid. No, it's fine. His head already looks like mostly normal being my son. It would make sense that he'd have a big head, but I was worried about the shape kind of looked like a football at first, if I'm being honest, but anyway, uh, really excited about, everything. It's been a whirlwind. I haven't really slept. I've tried to keep up where I could with Cardinals baseball. We don't really have to talk about what happened on Monday. I literally um, watched the first inning that Jack Flaherty pitched on Monday, and then I tweeted out, hey, good inning, Jack. When I wake up from this nap, because I had a moment, my uh, my wife's parents were over, that I could do it. I could take a nap. I could actually sleep. And I'm like, when I wake up two hours from now, let's see uh, some more zeros on the board. I, I predicted six scoreless from Flaherty. He only got to five innings, uh, one run, but pretty close. And uh, he was not the reason the Cardinals lost, obviously, on Monday to the Nationals, 6-0. Uh, not Palante's best outing, I, I don't suppose, given that I'm looking at the box score, he gave up four runs. But I'll be honest, I didn't see a pitch that he threw, so I, I don't have anything to say about it. Um, you guys could probably do the podcast on, on Monday's game better than I could because I le- legitimately slept from the, like the bottom of the first to it was like the seventh inning, I think, before I woke up. But that's basically what's going on. Cardinals sweep the Cubs. I did send out that tweet. I, I I know I had a kid, but that doesn't mean I can give up my responsibilities, right? Sweeps aren't that hard. Just play the Cubs. I think is what I sent. It's what I meant to send anyway. If I phrased it wrong, I'll uh I'll blame the brain fog on that one. But the Cardinals looking pretty good right now after that sweep. Despite the loss on Monday to Washington, they'll probably clean up the rest of the series and Thursday, I think, is the tying, the the record tying uh, game for Wainwright and Molina, if I'm not mistaken, where they'll tie uh, Bill Freehan and Mickey Lolich, I believe, for the all time most starts by a single battery in Major League history. He's on tap for Wednesday. Adam Wainwright is 12:15 at Bush Stadium. Would love to try to get to that game. We'll see if it's going to happen with everything going on in my world right now. But hey. 79-56 for the Cardinals. They're seven and a half games ahead of Milwaukee. 
it's getting to the point where you don't even really have to worry about them in the rear view. It's not there yet because you do still play the Brewers four more times. But I'm looking ahead more than I'm looking behind it from the Cardinals because while they're seven and a half games behind you are the Brewers, you're only six games behind the Mets right now, which is a big number. It's not just only because you look at the calendar and there's less than a month left. Six games would be a lot of ground to make up, and you've also got to worry about the Braves, who are a game behind the Mets. I've said all along the Braves would pass the Mets. Talked a lot about that on the big show on KTGR, where we do our top five, bottom five MLB teams from time to time, and I've had the Braves in my top five for a while. They won the World Series last year. They're nipping at the heels of the Mets. The Mets have that amazing pitching staff, but I feel like the Braves are just more well-rounded, and uh, that could be a situation where they, they, they flop Braves versus Mets atop the NL East. The Cardinals are just looking at whoever's winning that division. They want to catch up because it would be massive to get the two seed in the NL, get the bye. The Dodgers are so far and away the best team in the league. It's not going to, no one's catching them. 92 and 42 right now for Los Angeles. But there's one more buy up for grabs in the NL. Likely going to come from the East, but if the Cardinals could go on a roll, they could potentially get it themselves, which would mean no three game wildcard series, no best two out of three at Bush Stadium in the opening round, and that would be obviously to the benefit of the Cardinals or the Mets or the Braves, whoever gets that spot, just because, yeah, I mean, you you want to skip around. If you can afford to skip around and talk about the way it would line up your pitching, it would be a dream compared to sort of the, the daily nightmare of trying to figure out, okay, we made it through this round, but none of our pitchers are ready to go, and none of our top guys are ready to go for the NLDS. It is what it is. I like that advantage for the better teams. The Cardinals, they're six games back still if they want to become that. Uh, we'll see if they can pull it off. I'm going to try to get some B-Shape Daily to you guys this week. Like I said, a lot going on right now, but hopefully you uh, enjoyed this update. I'm going to wrap things up here for this really quick, really brief edition of B-Shape Daily. If you guys have any questions for me about the Cardinals, about the baby, anything you want to know, I'm always available at B-Shaper12 on Twitter. I want to remind you guys to subscribe to the pod if you haven't done so already. I'm going to be locked and loaded by the time playoffs arrive, for sure. I mean, long before that, but I'm I'm saying, despite the fact that a few days, no podcast, the playoffs are still going to be a very interesting time in St. Louis because the Cardinals are going to be involved in it, and you don't want to miss any of the conversation right here on B-Shafe Daily. So subscribe on Apple or Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, two great spots to find the show, and uh, become a patron. Considering uh, Consider checking that out at patreon.com slash bshafer12. Uh, to support the podcast in uh, a monetary way, if you so choose. Appreciate you guys, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Peace.